I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Brad Kepler. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. All right, so summer's here and school's out. Well, for most of us at least. Yeah, and the end of this school year certainly looked different than any other for students, teachers, and parents around the world. The shift to remote learning happened very quickly out of necessity. Schools and universities turned to the cloud to bridge the physical distance for students and educators. Things like video streaming, content distribution, remote proctoring, and more became the norm. With this new normal, kids, especially young children, are spending a lot of time online. So it's become their outlet for education, socialization, entertainment, and connection. The Center for Cyber Safety and Education is a nonprofit focused on teaching children the necessary skills to stay safe online. Ray chatted with Patrick Craven, the director of the nonprofit. We're a 501c3 nonprofit that focuses mainly on teaching people how to be safe and secure online. Tell us a little bit more about some of the initiatives that you have. Obviously, children are um, using the internet more than any of us did sure growing up. And we did a research project a few years ago and found that 40% of elementary school children have chatted with a stranger online. And of that 40%, over half of them had given out their phone number. And, and that just really is an organization said, we have got to find new ways, better ways to reach the children younger and younger. 40% is a really startling statistic. So what are some of the programs and initiatives that you have in place to make sure that kids are learning the proper online etiquette? Our biggest program that we have that is just literally exploding for us is Garfield. Um, we have the exclusive global rights to Garfield that we teamed up with the creator, Jim Davis, and have put together cartoons, comic books, posters, stickers, trading cards, all kinds of fun ways to engage the younger children. And the reason we chose Garfield is that he's the most syndicated comic strip in the world. When we reached out to Jim Davis about going on this project, this journey with us, uh, he was all in. He was excited to be able to work with children and provide a safety program for them in the digital world. And that's just, that's been tremendously successful for us. Yeah. So how are these programs shared with children? Is it typically in a classroom? Yeah, the whole Garfield program can be done in a classroom setting in, in 20 to 30 minutes. We put together what we call an educator kit. It has everything that a teacher or a librarian or a volunteer needs to put on a lesson. And it's a lesson in a box. There's three different ones. There's one on privacy, one on safe posting, and one on cyberbullying. Don't share your password. Um, use in avatars. Be kind online. Uh, think about what you're posting before you post it. Realize the stranger danger that exists at the same time. So those those lessons doesn't matter what platform you're on. Those those transfer. So we we're trying to teach that basic principles of cyber safety. They the kids are quiet. They're listening and then they're participating. It's really worked out well, and everybody's having fun with it, which is a key to learning at that age. And uh, it's it's really worked out for us. We've actually won three educator awards in the past year for the program. And what's the reach of the program? Right now, uh, we've shipped the Garfield program to 23 different countries. Our ultimate goal is to be able to put it into different languages because Garfield is an international icon. Just last year alone, we reached and provided over 100,000 cyber safety lessons. We're shooting for 200,000 cyber safety lessons 
You mentioned before a metric of 40% of children um, are interacting with strangers online. And of that, a large portion of them are sharing personal information like a phone number. After they go through the whole program, what are some of the results? We're doing pre and post testing of some of the students. So we'll give them a quiz before they do the Garfield lesson, and then we quiz them again afterwards on the topic. And uh, we have found on average a 36% increase in the number of correct answers that the kids are getting. So we can tell we're making an immediate impact just through the group discussion, through the classroom, through the cartoon, and all the other materials that we provide them. I can see how the cloud would help you not only translate that content quickly, but also distribute it globally. Is this something that you're working on? Absolutely. The fact that it is a physical box that's six pounds of material that we're shipping, we have got to go to an easier way to do that. And and we use the cloud to make that happen. The streaming ability of the cartoon so that anybody can go in and simply download, live stream the cartoons will be a, a tremendous asset for us and make the program even less expensive for us to produce. The work the Center for Cyber Safety and Education does takes on a whole new level of importance given the fact that children around the world are now interacting online much more frequently. It's exciting to think about how the cloud will help the nonprofit scale to reach even more teachers, students, and parents. Now, keeping students on track goes beyond grade school. What about college students? Some frequent questions students at this stage of life ask themselves include, what am I going to major in and when can I graduate? It's so common to hear about college students who switch degrees in the middle, but with the expense of higher education and the time commitment involved, what if there was a tool that could lay out different degree paths for students based on their existing credits to keep them on the right track to graduation? This is exactly what the team at Portland State University is building for its students. Ray discussed the project with Dennis Gilbert, the enterprise architect in the Office of Information Technology at Portland State University. Check it out. How has the cloud allowed you to dream of new ways of serving the student body? It's allowed us to be able to actually discover what students have found that were really clever ideas on how to take their courses and effectively graduate on time and pass that information down to other students. It was a really big game changer because previously we were trying to create a degree planning platform for students to be able to like comparison type shopping between different program paths. But that just was not scaling. And we have about 140 different degrees that we offer. And getting all of that encoded in the system required about 20 developers that we had in India working for about two months per degree path. And you multiply that out by 140, and that was not going to work. And that wasn't even going to keep up with the uh, rate of change that we had with degree paths changing just normally. So we had to think a little differently about how to tackle the problem. We had a perfect example right in front of us, which was the course history of students that were successful. And so using machine learning to find out all the tips and tricks and clever changes that students would make if they would hop from one degree to another, we could actually capture that and offer that information up to a live student. Ultimately, that's what we really wanted out of a degree planning solution anyway, was the ability for a student to see what options that they had at any given point in time and think creatively about staying in their major or switching to another major potentially. The other thing is we had way too many students with too much credit 
they were taking uh, extra classes and they were way beyond the number of credits that they needed to graduate, but they weren't the right credits for a particular major. So using machine learning to be able to match up what they had with what they could use to graduate was another big goal for us that really came out well with the machine learning model. In doing all of this, it's almost like you can create a product that tells students, hey, you're on the right track, but even if you're not enjoying it, here are some other options that could be a nice pivot for you. And here's how you would go about doing that. Or you are collecting so many credits and here's how you can graduate or a a quicker path to graduation. Exactly. We wanted to have students have a easy out option which basically allowed them to be able to keep up with their progress moving forward and graduate and give them some uh, satisfaction to know that the extra credits they had were actually worth something if they explored another area if they wanted to. This is such a useful tool that I myself would have loved in college. I was one of those students who was opening up eight different tabs and I had an Excel sheet and I was constantly planning out different majors and what I was interested in and seeing what I could achieve in a given time frame. I think that this will have immense benefits for students. What stage is your project in now? And have there been any initial lessons that you've learned? We've got a uh, built model. ProServe helped us assemble a model together using SageMaker. And so a big part of the whole uh, process was basically just simplifying our questions and our models as much as possible. And so we're currently showing it to advisors within the university. Ultimately, we would like to have this in front of students so they be presented with a uh, a screen in their normal process of setting up for classes that would say something like, it looks like you're you're very close to these five other majors. Have you considered any of these other majors? And then they could click on that and it would show them something about like, you're five credits away from um, this major or pursue this other major and get that completed within a year or something like that. And from your experience, do you think that this is a tool that could be replicated at other universities? And do you have any lessons learned that you could talk about here? Definitely. The the only real data that we used, that was the beauty of the whole thing, was just the student course history. So every university should have exactly that. Side piece of information that also came out of this was we could project which courses would be in demand because we could see students declare majors, but also how they're veering off track and taking other courses that were more like other majors. And so with that information, we can kind of keep track of those trajectories the students were going on and know that a year from now, the demand for a particular set of courses within those majors or degree paths were more likely than not, you know, going to be followed. That allows us to be able to then offer up courses to students at the right time. So we don't have students taking an extra course as a filler. So it's getting that structural complexity out of the way. Keeping our students on the right track is no easy feat. Whether it's providing young students with the online social skills and tools needed to keep themselves safe or machine learning algorithms to help students graduate on time, the cloud can power innovative solutions so that we can better serve our students. Thank your guests, Patrick and Dennis. To learn more, visit imcybersafe.org and pdx.edu. And to read more about their stories, check out the AWS Public Sector blog at aws.amazon.com forward slash blogs forward slash public sector. 
A big thank you for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please help us spread the word by rating the show, sharing with your friends and family, and subscribing for more stories. We'll catch you on the next one.